Two brothers. When united, form the Disney Majors. Fighting the powers of evil with their mouths. Here's your hosts, Jake and Eli Hollingsworth. Hello everyone, I'm Eli Hollingsworth and I'm joined by my brother and co-host, Jake Hollingsworth. And hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. And for the past week, all of us have been riding off the hype of the No Way Home trailer. Yeah, which also, if you are wondering, why didn't Jake and Eli do a reaction to the No Way Home trailer? We did, live we on did our live YouTube on the, channel, the Movie Majors YouTube You said you were going to post that as a podcast, did you never do that? I never said I was going to. I thought you did. No, I didn't. But also, before so we go watch further, our. You can go watch our reaction there. I teared up. Go watch it on the Movie Majors YouTube. Um, we reacted live with all of you who watched the live stream. A bunch of my friends. Were on so there. that's why we didn't post an episode of our reaction to it, is because we did it on our YouTube channel and we so didn't tell anyone. Channel. So go watch it now. So when yes. I advertise at the end. But before we move on, I want to say one part, one important part of my introduction. Today is another Tuesday. Oh wow. Let's move on. So, for the past few days, everything has been getting, getting everyone, everything's been a little quiet, I think. Well, sort of. I mean, so, I mean for the Marvel side, everything's been a little, other than the Spider-Man trailer, everything's been a little quiet on the Marvel side since the Spider-Man trailer dropped. For the DC end, I think things are again really moving forward because oh, DC yeah. fandom is this DC, October. DC fandom's coming up. The DC's really excited for it. Oh, yeah. But I'm kind it, of excited. The only thing I'm excited for is the Batman, just because. The oh Batman yeah, the Batman. What about Black? Like, Adam? I thought you were excited for Black Adam. Oh yeah, I'm excited for Black Adam too. What? Yeah, the Batman and Black Adam are gonna be the best. The rest, I don't like. Just that. the Batman, it just sounds awesome. Just sounds amazing. Apparently, people have seen it. Like apparently, there's been they've held yeah, test screenings. Screenings, yeah. For the Batman, and everyone loves it. Yeah. And apparently it's very scary, it's very dark, it's very much like a horror film a little bit. Yeah. I've heard Riddler is very terrifying. So they do this, so they do this for movies. Um, I know that at least for Disney animated films, what they'll do is they'll, Test every few months they'll screen the movie for, well, every few months they'll screen the movie for people who are not working on it at least. I know at least for Disney, every few months they'll screen it for other people at the studio who work there other filmmakers and stuff and then they'll give them their criticisms and whatnot um but then they'll have one test screening where they secretly invite an audience to go see it in the theater and that's what they did for the batman everyone loved it well i think for the batman it was probably more for more criticy type people um i know that for disney what they did was at least for like they'll what what i know is something they'll do is they'll disguise a certain theater in a movie theater as like Disney or the like animated film or something. And so people will be like, oh, this is good. We'll walk in here and see this. And then they have no idea that they're about to watch the next Disney film that hasn't come out yet. And they'll give them little surveys and stuff for them to take um, and give them their criticism. So that might be what happened to this. They, they said they put in PG-13 horror movie and then people are like, oh, okay. And then they go into watch and then they don't realize it's the Batman. The next DC oh, yeah. film, and then they give their criticism. That might be what happened, uh, but I'm guessing it's probably more criticy type people. Criticy like, well, like, probably they more are criticy people. Then they loved it apparently. 
Yeah, I, well, we've only heard from one person. Because <laughs> they decided to break their little contract. Well, he said that everyone, time. well, I've heard that everyone has loved it. That, like, everyone went, going, went crazy at specific scenes in the movie. Yeah, that's what that guy said. I forget his name, but he's some There's guy. There's one scene at the end where, like, everyone went nuts and, like, it was a huge mic drop moment. Like, it was, like, apparently it what was, was like, that? insane. What was that script that we read? What movie was that for? The one with the Junker and the Batman? The Batman. That's what it was. That's what it was supposedly for. Yeah, and that's just how it was fake. Okay, so, you know what I'm talking about. So, a while ago, Jake showed me this, like, really dumb, dumb leaked script. I mean, I usually am a little cautious with leaked scripts, and usually some of them I can tell if they're bad or not. And I've seen a lot of leaked scripts in my day. And, I've, and I've, there's only, there's usually every so often there'll be one, and I'm like, okay, that's dumb. Yeah, this, this one was, one, this one was one of those really This one was one of those really dumb ones. Because, like, it was apparently the Joker and Batman and Alfred and, like, what, the Joker killed Alfred or something? I think, I forgot and it was, like, it the bat, at, at, at the bat, blah, 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 blah. he was at the Batcave, and then he, like, burned the Batcave, and main mansion, not the Batcave, right? I think it was Batman. And he did something. something. And so, it was so dumb because their names were spelled wrong, and there was, like, tons of it typos. It Junker, yeah. Yeah, a lot, for half of the script, they, it, his name was Junker. It was a fan fiction written by a teenager, is what I would describe it as. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, and then Batman, they spelled it B-A-T-M-N, so it was Batman. And it was so dumb, and it had me laughing so hard. You did? I was like, wow. Like, while I was reading it, I was just, this is so dumb. This is terrible. But yeah, DC fandom didn't really get excited for that, but what people have pointed out is that they basically, I don't think this is, this is probably not true, but they've removed all Snyderverse-related characters from that yeah. poster. Although that's not true, because we have Jason Momoa Aquaman on the poster, and then Ezra Miller Flash on the poster. So I think that's a little... Yeah, um, well, okay, so what Jake's talking about is the promotional art for... DC, DC fandom. It was like a poster out. that they released, um, and you could see all the characters. And people were saying that they removed all the Zack Snyder characters from that. Poster. All they removed were Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, and Gal Gadot. They kept the other two. Yeah, and Cyborg is... isn't even on there because they don't want anything to do with him. Well, oh, he still, doesn't want. Actually, no, it's reversed. He doesn't want anything to do with them. Still, the fact that they removed Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, and Gal Gadot. Is they still... put Robert Pattinson on there. Uh huh. But he's not connected to the Snyderverse. So. Yeah, I know, but he's the only good. Well, that, I have all the stuff they're doing, doing well, right now. Well, Black Adam also. I have all the stuff they're doing right now. He's a, he could be the best thing that they're doing. Yeah, because the Batman just sounds awesome. Like just seriously, I hope they give a rating for it soon because I don't want it to be rated R. Because I don't want to review it on the podcast for reviewers that might not. They want review the Snyder much. Cut, dude. And the, that well, that was a special occasion because the. Snyder Cut was like years in the making and fans have been clamoring for it for forever. So apparently Robert Pattinson is pushing for it to be rated R. Apparently. Um, well, what's the city Is it entirely like the Okay, yeah. They'll probably not make the Batman rated R because Suicide Squad obviously did not succeed very much. Uh, everything dark, violent, scary, and crazy. We're hoping that's going to be rated PG-13, because I hope that it's rated PG-13. Well, everyone's expecting it to be rated PG-13. Yeah, because that's how they make the most money, because they can reach the most audiences. Uh, um, in the future, it's, it's, it says that Robert Pattinson wants them to take it into an R-rated direction in the future. 
Uh, okay, yeah, because I don't want to review an R-rated movie for our listeners because I'm pretty sure that still most, I think over half of our listeners are under 18 years old. So, so what? I'm pretty sure 18-year-olds watch rated R movies. Uh-huh, under 18. Jake. Some of them could. All of our, most of our listeners are 0 to 18 years old, so they're probably 5. I'm just kidding. Um, yep, over half. Exactly 50% are 0 to 17 years old. So, and then after that is... Mm, Second place is 28 to 34 years old. That's because a lot of our friends are, t- are in their teens. So. At least according to Spotify. Okay. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. The Batman. The Batman is fun. Um, oh, yeah. The Batman is not fun. No. <laughs> that's not the, the right it's, way It's to do dark it. and violent and scary and and will have your five-year-old And Will and the Foe Green Goblin. Nope. <laughs> what? I, I just say Will and the... Why did I say Will I tried to say it's Will and the Foe It's a multiversal the, crossover. I tried to say Will and the Foe as the Joker, because that's a fan cast, but it Seriously. came out as Will and the Foe Green Goblin. Will and the Foe Green Goblin will probably make an appearance in this movie. He'll be like, hello, Spider... What? You're not Spider-Man. <laughs> that's, but, that's, no, that's weird. Well, luckily I caught myself on the... On that, but then, so yeah, so that's so that we may or may not do a podcast covering DC fandom. That that's in the air. If oh no, we're probably gonna do a podcast covering DC fandom. That's what I'm saying. I said we may or may not. That's in the air. No, I'm saying we will. We will. Yes. Oh, okay. Never mind. Forget that. So DC fandom will be coming in the not? next few months. <laughs> I don't know because we didn't do it last year. Well. Oh yeah. We, we should, because we did, like, the Disney Investors Meeting thing. And we're probably going to do Disney Plus Day event, too. Oh, yeah. When's that? That's November oh, yeah, 12th. November 12th, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, anyway, <laughs> moving on to our main topic, which, as you can see from the title, is... Spider-Man No Way Home. Who's going to be the next villain? Yay. So, to yeah, go over sure. this, apparently the Sinister Six is going to be made up of multiverse villains from, older, from old Spider-Man movies. So, oh, really, to apparently. recap, we have Alfred Molina, Doc Ogg, which is the money shot this first trailer. Mm. And then we have Willem the Dafoe, Green shot. Goblin, being... The rest are all teases, but we all know, we, 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 can, we know they're going to be in the movie. Yeah. We have Willem the Dafoe, Green Goblin, who I'm very excited for. Alfred... No, not Alfred. Jamie Foxx, Electro. <laughs> and then we have... Um, Thomas Hayden Church as Sandman, who I'm pretty sure will be. Are we sure it's Thomas Hayden Church, though? Yes, it is. He's the only person to play Sandman in live action. But we haven't seen anything for him. We haven't seen any pictures, any, any stuff. Yes, we did in that storm with the, with the lightning. No, I mean, like, no one's come out with any leaks seeing him at all. I know, but he was, but him and Willem Dafoe were both rumored on Twitter back in December. They were rumored on Twitter. Okay, so someone was going around on Twitter saying... Yeah, so much. Sister 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 Dude, we didn't get set photos of the lizard either, and he's going to be in the movie. Oh. What? We did? We didn't. Oh, we didn't. You're right. We didn't get hit ones for him. We didn't I mean, even get... Dude, we only have set photos for Willem Dafoe. Or Jamie Foxx. And we didn't oh, get one for Alfred yeah. Molina. No, we did Well, people talked about it. And they talked about what we saw in the trailer. No, 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 no. They talked about the bridge scene, but they said Alfred Molina was spotted there, but they didn't catch him on camera. Not really? Yeah. So anyway, back like I was saying. What was that thing? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Remember that one leak like a long time ago where it was Spidey and MJ jumping off of the thing? The thing? Remember it was like someone was filming in a car. It was so long ago. And they were like. Oh, that. One of the very first leaks that got out. And he filmed the video. Of that was like in October. Last October. That's crazy. A Tom Holland and Zendaya I know what you're talking about. Jumping off of like a, a structure into a field. Was um, it a field? They're jumping off into something. 
They had strings on them, I saw. That, video. that might have been that first chase scene. I think it's like, um, that, that had to be connected to the chase scene, but like what you're saying, Alfred Molina, Doc Ock is one, Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin, Jamie Foxx, Electro, Thomas Hayden Church, Sandman, and then Rice Iphens, I think it's, I don't know how to say his Rice name. Rice Iphens? I have no idea how to say his name. I'm sorry if he's listening to this and I botched his name, I'm sorry. The guy who played the lizard from The Amazing Spider-Man is the fifth one in here. So like we said, we have uh. Multiverse Sinister Six... But we don't, we only have five out of six villains. Yeah. And we don't even have anything for anybody. Um, anything for anybody, that's not true. We don't <laughs> have anything on who that sixth villain is. So, as you can see by the title, we're going to speculate on who we think this sixth villain could be, no matter how crazy they could get. And we're going to go over all the possible suspects for who that sixth villain could be. Yes. So, um, by the way, guys. So... I think I said I was. I think I said this on the podcast. So before we say who we think the sixth villain should be, there was a picture that went around the day that the No Way Home trailer dropped of what supposedly was Andrew and Toby. I think it's the day after. On some sort of scaffolding. So here's what happened. I found I was like just going about my business and I found I was looking to see if there's anything new regarding the Toby and Andrew thing. <coughs> and then I'm just like, huh, what is this? And I find the photo. It's that scaffolding thing. And it's two men on there that happen to look closely like Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And I couldn't, I didn't know if it was them, which I, which I think is very possible because it looks like them very, very clearly. Although we don't know for sure. It looks much, very much like them. And so I closed out that, and I waited for Eli to get home from doing his thing, like, wherever he was during that day. And then he came back, and I just tried to show it to him, and it was gone. Yeah, it was literally, like, five seconds later. Like, like five, five minutes after I walked in the door and came, and he was like, hey, dude, look at this. He goes to the same exact website, goes to the same exact picture, and it's gone. Sony took it down. Um, so actually, just recently, just a few minutes ago, I actually was able to see this picture, and I'm looking at it right now. And what I have to say about it is, for some reason, Andrew Garfield has a circle around his head. That's his spider sense. <laughs> that's, a, that's a low budget. Um, so if you can find this picture, I highly suggest that you go look it up and try to find it. Look up Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield on the set of Spider-Man No Way Home. Maybe we'll do a YouTube video at risk of getting our channel deleted because maybe Movie Major's YouTube channel doesn't have very many people following it anyway, and we can just make a new one and nobody would care. We might show this picture, and I'm downloading an AI image sharpener right now to see if it can sharpen this image, because it is quite blurry, and see if we can really see if Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are really there, or if, if it is just some troller be going around be like, hey, look, it's Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. It's their stunt doubles. Well, even if it's their stunt doubles, that's still good. Um, but it might just be like some random thing that, that they, or a Photoshop or a fake or whatever it is. Um, so, be on the lookout for that. But anyway, let's talk let's about who we the think the sixth villain so. could be. Because obviously, if you have five Spider-Man villains and we still don't know everything about the movie, obviously people are going to start speculating... Sinister are they six. going to do the Sinister Six? Because we're all logical and we have brains. And Tony's been trying to do this for years. But even trying to do a Sinister Six movie. They did. They tried to do it for Amazing Spider-Man 3 and they tried to give them their own movie, but that fell through when Andrew Garfield got fired. Yes. Well, he got fired temporarily, now we can say. Yeah, now he's rehired. He's like for one back movie. in business. And maybe he'll maybe they'll even do Amazing Spider-Man yeah, 3. Who knows? Maybe they'll do more movies. I've heard rumors that Shailene Woodley, who was cast as MJ, 
in the Amazing Spider-Man 2, in the Amazing Spider-Man 2, although her scenes got deleted, which I mentioned on the Homecoming episode, by the way. Um, apparently, she's gonna be in the movie. No who? way home. Who is? Shailene Woodley, who played MJ in those deleted scenes from the Amazing oh, Spider-Man really? 2. Oh, really? Yeah, I've, I've seen that floating around for a while, and I'd be like, that actually kind of interesting. Huh. But anyway, let's think about who this six month could be. Now, let's just get the two very unlikely ones out of the way, even though they're worth mentioning. Let's just get them out of the way. Tom Hardy Venom or uh. Topher Grace Venom. Even though they're probably not going to happen. This is, they're worth mentioning. So, I mean, Tom Hardy Venom is way more likely than Topher Grace Venom because obviously Tom Hardy is way more liked, even though we haven't even seen Venom. Although I've heard it's pretty good. I've heard it's dope. But, um, yeah, I don't think... Tilbert Grace is definitely not going to be in this movie. I don't think he'll ever do Venom ever again, because he was in Spider-Man 3. Yeah. But also, Tom Hardy will, is, will be more likely. But, we have to remember, Venom has not been a part of the Sinister Six at all in the comics whatsoever. And so, I highly doubt... Although, Sony is, like, dying to get Tom Holland, Spider-Man, Tom Hardy, Venom in a movie together... I highly doubt they're going to do it here, because they're already giving us the, the other two Spideys. So I don't think they would do it here. Yeah. So, yeah. Tom, Ven both Venoms are a 1 out of 10 for happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and I don't want them to be in this movie. Especially really. Topher Grace, man. I don't want to see Unless it's just a tiny little cameo for, like, two seconds, then no, I don't want them in this movie. No, because be it's sad. just, like, no one, no one really needs them. This movie's already packed enough. I know it's like, well, you want them you want there to be a Sinister Six, but you don't want Venom. We just don't need the extra drama. It's just not needed. Like, oh, Venom, because then you have to establish a, a like real relationship between Spider-Man and Venom instead of just kind of, hey, Venom symbiote, Spider-Man symbiote. And, you know, like I feel like they should actually, in order for it to be a good yeah. adaptation, like in the, in the comics, they have such a rich history and relationship together. And because of well, the whole weird Sony Marvel rights thing, and well, Sony's it was the comics is more of a rivalry actually, because like then the comics yeah, that's, was, like that's Eddie a Brock. relationship. A well, rivalry is a type of a relationship. Uh, okay, but yeah, like because of the what were you going with what you're saying? And they live in like because of the whole weird Sony rights thing, they live in separate cities. <laughs> so it's um it's kind of like. I don't want. I just don't want them in this movie. I don't think anyone does. Um, so either the Venom would not be welcome. So yeah. they're not going to happen. So now let's move on to some actual, actual things. This one is possible, but I highly doubt he'll be in this one because they already have a villain with this sort of power set, and yeah. that is the Shocker from Spider-Man: Homecoming, who yeah. is probably forgotten. Yeah, because he didn't even get a mention in, in uh, Far From Home, which I don't think that he's he's gonna be in this in this movie. No, because they already, like I said, they already have a villain to fill that kind of shocking power set, and that is Electro. So it would feel redundant if they have two villains that could do the same abilities, yeah. basically. So, well, Shocker's power isn't really electricity; it's just a really hard shock, punch. Shock waves, yes. Seismic, seismic waves, basically. And like, I feel like Shocker was didn't get that much of a part in Homecoming anyway. And like, yeah, I, like wish we, I wish we would have gotten more of him. I was I was hoping for him to come in this movie and be on the Sinister Six team, but because they have Electro, there's really no need for him on this team. Yeah. And I was I, I wanted him to have an accurate actual comics accurate look, but mm -hmm. I guess that won't be happening. So, oh well, I guess you can't really. That's just life, I guess. So Shocker 
Well, it's still possible. Maybe even a, maybe a little cameo. But, yeah. but it's just probably not going to happen. So I would say Shocker is unlikely to show up in this movie. Yeah. Now we move on to another Homecoming-related character. Not the one you're thinking of. We're not there yet. And that is Michael Mando as the Scorpion. This yeah. one is pretty is likely out of luck. Because he was yeah, teased it's at the end of Homecoming. He wanted to know who Peter Parker was. It didn't seem like he got that information because Agent Toons wouldn't get up to him. And then now that everyone, now Cap's out of the bag, so everyone knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And so that would kind of be the perfect opportunity. And I was in the camp that wanted the story of No Way Home. Well, not the story of No Way Home. But I was in the camp that wanted them to do the actual Scorpion story from the comics where... J. Jonah Jameson is the creates Scorpion to take yeah. down Spider-Man. <laughs> I wanted that so bad to see because I think that it had a perfect setup for it, but they're not. It doesn't seem like they're gonna do that. Yeah, because J. Jonah Jameson was like Spider-Man is evil. I don't even then, think J. Jonah Jameson had the big of. I don't even think Jameson had that big of a role anyway. Yeah, so that would been that would have been the perfect it's opportunity. Still possible that Scorpion could be in it, but I don't think they're gonna do the actual story, which makes me sad because I wanted that. That would have been the perfect opportunity for. J. Joe Jameson be like, all right, let's weaponize someone to go catch Spider-Man. And what's the natural enemy of spiders? Scorpions. Which is a true fact to life. Boom, there you so, go. So, Scorpion, I'd say, is more likely than either of the Venoms and Shocker showing up, but we're still, still, we're still not very likely. Yeah. Now let's go on to another, our final Homecoming-related character. Well, there's still two left. Actually, another one that could pop up. Aaron Davis as the Prowler. Could, could be the six bone. Although... This one's not very likely because he has—he doesn't have like a disliking for Spider-Man. Well, you could—you could argue that he did wet his hand to a car for two hours and the ice cream melted, but yeah, that's not enough to fuel a villain. Yeah, it's not enough. To, that'd be a dumb motivation anyway. So you let my ice cream melt, and it was now a, I will kill you. But there was a deleted scene where he actually name dropped Miles on the phone. Yeah, I know. So Aaron here, Aaron, I was it. So, so Aaron Davis Prower, probably not. Aaron Taylor Johnson. They're probably Prower. gonna save him for when they bring Miles Morales into life. Yeah. So, he's probably not going to show up. Now, well, speaking of, I mention this all the time. We did see set photos of someone with a... Um, mocap suit. Mocap suit, a black kid who looks like he could be Miles Morales. Possible. Um, as a leaked set photo. So, maybe. We'll have to see what that is. Um, it probably is not Miles Morales. Probably but, not. I mean, hey, a, a kid who looks like Miles Morales in a motion capture suit, which is what they used to bring the Spider-Man costume to life, seems pretty suspect in this Spider-Man Sus. movie about the Spider-Verse, which Miles Morales comes from, so. Yeah. And so now we move on to our final Homecoming character, and this is the one that I think everyone is thinking. Michael Keaton as the Vulture. Yeah, which I don't know. I mean, he's still kind of likely, but he hasn't really been implied at all. No, not really. Like, none of these villains that we've mentioned have been teased in this trailer at all. Yeah. So, I mean, Michael Keaton is still likely, but there's two big things. The first one is he... The reason he didn't give... He who remains? No. The reason he didn't give up Peter's name to Scorpion at the end of Homecoming is because he felt like he owed him for not kill for not for saving his life when the wings crashed. Yeah. And the other reason so that's reason number one. The other reason is he was film the Flash started filming around the time No Way Home was still shooting. Yeah. So and well he was well he was scheduled he still is was scheduled to come back to the bat to not the Batman, the Flash. And so which I've already just talked about my disdain for that movie. Um and so it seems unlikely that they could have worked something out with WB. But I mean it's still possible. 
but yeah. I don't think they would have done that. So Michael Keaton, it's probably not more. I think of all the homecoming characters, Scorpion's the most likely. So I would say Vulture is a maybe, maybe a cameo. Yeah. Um, I'd say if he, if he shows up, there'll be a cameo most likely. Mm -hmm. He's already gonna be in Morbius, so I think we'll get we'll get him. And yeah. so now let's move into one last villain that I'm thinking. Of, there we go. All right, I'm gonna move into one last villain that's unlikely to show up. This is just one last one before we get to the big to the big one. The one villain that everyone was wanting until all the multiverses started spawning. Yeah, this one's probably not gonna happen, but maybe is Craven the Hunter. Yeah, which I don't think so. No, he's. I mean, cause like they'd have to like build up a motivation for him in a movie, and he would have to. They have to do that. But still, he was the number one most talked about villain in that gap between Far From Home coming out and the multiverse rumors starting. Yeah. Everyone wanted him. Even John Watts wanted to use Kramer as a villain. Yeah. But the big factor in it is that one, like I already said, they'd have to build up the tension between the two of them. And they need to have Craven have a want to get revenge against Spidey. Mm -hmm. But the other reason is they're doing a movie about Craven. Yeah. So with Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson. So maybe it was like I think I made, I think I made this I think I said this on the um, Xbox podcast that I don't think I think it's probably a copyright thing. Like, why they didn't use Craven. Like, like, maybe it was like a copyright thing with Sony that they weren't allowed to use Craven in No Way Home because of developing a movie with him. Yeah. But still, it doesn't seem like he will be in the movie. So, he's, yeah, he's in the unlikely so. category. So far, the only one that's likely is Scorpion. And he's not even really that and I think likely. he's probably going to be in it. But now we get into our final one, which I think, which I have my money set on. Oh, wait, no. Actually, we have one more, actually. Huh? Well, well, sorry. Um, now we have another one who's from the Andrew Garfield films. And that is Paul Giamatti as the Rhino. Paul Giamatti. Which I had seen floating around. He was going to be in it. But there was no teases whatsoever in the trailer at all. Yeah. I mean, it's still possible. I, know, which I, know, I talked with one of my friends. I mean, there was no teases for Toby and Andrew. So. Yeah. And I talked with one of my friends who said that he wants to see the Rhino in this movie, which I think would be cool. But, um, but he was, but like I said, he wasn't teased. And I don't think that they would make the big shocking reveal the Rhino, considering how nobody liked, considering how one, no one liked his performance, and two, he was only in it for about like five yeah, that doesn't minutes. Yeah, mean he doesn't mean he can't be in the movie. At yeah. Least. It's just that he, he probably won't be in, he was, he, like I said, he was only in the beginning of the I mean, Spider-Man 2 and at, the, and at the end. So he doesn't have a villain. So again, another unlikely villain. So Rhino probably, maybe, but probably not. You yeah. know, I did see his name playing around. Now, okay, now we get into the big one, who I have my money, not really, my money set on is going to be the sixth villain. And that is Quentin Beck, a.k.a. Mysterio from Far From Home. Yep. We all know that he didn't die because he's the master of illusions. And two, they're not going to take someone as big as Jake Gyllenhaal and kill him off after his uh, for his first appearance. Yeah, I mean, if, if you thought that Mysterio was really dead in Far From Home, then you're out of your mind. Because, of course, he is not dead. Of course, he faked his death. What are you, crazy? He's literally... Mysterio, in the comics, at least, is literally called the Master of Illusion, so... Well, he did die at one point, and his... Well, he actually did die at one point in the comics, and someone took his place. But mm. still, yeah, he is the Master of Illusion. And I think I think it's very likely that Mysterio will be the sixth villain in this one. I think that would be the best surprise if they did do that. Mm. Because if they reveal that, surprise, he's not dead. But then again... Even if he is in this movie, I feel like he's going to get overshadowed by a certain Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina in this movie. Yeah, maybe. 
I remember, I remember um, we, I was talking on the X-Files and Eli was saying that he could overshadow Willem the phone, but then I was like, hmm, I was like, oh wait, never mind, it could be the other way around. Yeah, I don't think, I think he would probably get a little bit overshadowed, but if they play it up and make it like a huge reveal that Mysterio is alive, I don't think he's going to get overshadowed. Probably not. He'll probably have his, he'll probably be equal to, yeah. because he'll be in a movie with the two big, who, with, two, with the two best Spider-Man Spider movie villains in my opinion. And so, if, say, they introduce those two earlier in the movie, and then closer to the third act, we get the big reveal that Mysterio is alive, then we've already been with Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe, and probably Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, so we're already like, yeah, you know, we've already gotten used to them. And yeah. then, closer to the third act, we get the big surprise, oh, Mysterio is alive, and it's such a big reveal. And yeah. so, I don't think that would overshadow them at all, and I don't think they would overshadow him, because uh, it would be a big reveal. Yeah, and I genuinely want it to be Mysterio, because we already have five villains from all the old Spider-Man movies. Three from Toby's universe and two from Andrew because universe. Andrew's we need the at lesser. least one villain from Tom's universe to make it fair. Yeah, because if it's just <laughs> all old Spider-Man movie villains, and that's just silly. Yeah, well, not silly. That's the wrong word. It would just be a little sad that um Tom's fighting villains that he doesn't even know. But <laughs> I'm pretty. But I'm pretty sure that they'll be able to do, build a connection between Willem Dafoe and Tom Holland from nothing. Mm. Because look at Clone Wars. They did that with Ahsoka and Maul in the final four episodes. Yeah. But yes, but yeah, it'll be weird. So they need at least one villain from Tom's universe to make it fair and even. Yeah. So they have one. So they have a few villains. They have at least one villain from each franchise. And I think Mysterio, out of all of them, Scorpion's still second, but like most likely. Out of the two on here, Scorpion and Mysterio to me are the two most likely to be in this movie. It's gonna be either one. My money is on Mysterio, but I still think that Scorpion's very likely. Yeah. And also, um, also like I said before, I think. Like I said, Mysterio will get a chance to be with the two big dogs when it comes to the Spider-Man movie villains. Because for me, my, my ranking of the Spider-Man movie villains, it goes Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, and then Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. That's the best movie Spider-Man villains. And, then, and that's the translations for that is Reed Goblin, Doc Ock, and Mysterio. Yeah. And so that's our list of likely to most likely we got Topher Grace Venom and Tom Hardy Venom at the bottom, dead last. Yeah. Huh? Well, um, we have Shocker from Homecoming. Then we have the we have Craven the Hunter who says he hasn't been in any movie. Um, we have the Rhino from Amazing Spider-Man two, and then we have to, we jump up a little bit and we have Scorpion and Mysterio at number one. Yeah. So that's our list. Who do you think? Who do you guys think could be the sixth villain? Or maybe they'll just leave it at five. I highly doubt they do that. But if they do, let us let us know. And so let's who let's know who do you think will be the next villain. And now let's cut over to the sponsorship. Alright, we're back and we're ready to talk about 101 Dalmatians. So, first off, as always, we will have our behind-the-scenes nugget for today. And our behind-the-scenes nugget for 101 Dalmatians is this very interesting fact that I have found uh, during my research. Um, is one that I've found very interesting. It's so, a fan took the time to count up all of the spots that are in the movie. Every single spot that is in 101 Dalmatians. And altogether, there are... Are hold on, where is it? The world is, is waiting for an answer. Right. <laughs> what is that from? Just saying. Okay. Uh, in total, there are six million four hundred and sixty-nine thousand nine hundred and fifty-two spots total in one hundred and one Dalmatians. Oh man, that's spot on. Um. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. 
that is that is something that I find interesting. Another behind the scenes fact that I'd like to share is that all of the Dalmatians of the film are actually not totally white. The white, their quote unquote white fur. They're actually gray because Walt Disney said the parent would have or the Walt Disney said that white would have been too bright on the snow, so they had to make them um, a bit of a darker white, which is of course gray um, for the film. So there's a double whammy, two behind the scenes facts for you today. Well. I well, hope. surely hit the spot with that one. All right, let's um, <laughs> stop with the puns because it's those it's are the only making, two that I've got. It's making me sick. All right. Um, so yes, that that is our behind the scenes nugget for today. Um, so, one hundred one Dalmatians. I think this is a very good movie. Um, this is obviously one that we had watched a lot throughout we, our I ever childhood. Watched this a lot. I definitely have almost a lot of these parts in the movie memorized, uh, just because we watch them so often. I wouldn't say memorized, but I do know a lot of these scenes. Oh, yeah, I don't know if I'd say memorized, but I, do, I definitely, yeah, recognize them very much. They're very much ingrained in my brain, because we would watch this movie a ton. We did watch a lot. This is this is a movie that we watched a lot when we were younger. Yes, definitely. Like, I, yeah, I, I definitely remember a whole lot of this movie, because... Yeah, I do, too. We watched it all the time. Um... It, and I do very much enjoy it. It seems very... Yeah, it's very... It doesn't seem like it's very... It doesn't seem like very... Wow. It does not seem like there are very many things that have aged poorly in this movie. No, it feels very modern, actually. It feels like uh... a very... Kind of ahead of its time. It feels very, like, modern. Although it feels... It feels like, you know, it's it's definitely tied to a specific time period. Yeah. Um, But it does feel... Like a very modern movie. Uh, I don't know if I'd say that, but it doesn't feel like just kind of the style and the aesthetic of it. I don't it. know. It just very much seems I like don't it's really a fully agree more with that, but I guess than some of the I guess I could see where you're coming from with that, but with that, I guess I don't know for sure, but maybe. <laughs> It's just, but also, there's one thing I noticed that when, this, when we were watching it this time around that I hadn't really noticed, paid attention to when we were younger. What? Is that I could tell that some of these puppies were duplicated. Yeah, I Like, you could that. tell, like, at some point they were repeating the same animation over and over again. Mm. It's, very, it's not very, uh, it's not very glaring, it's not a glaring issue, but um, that is, like, it's kind yeah. of, like, obvious. So, like, at some points you could tell, like, oh, yeah, they didn't draw that. Yeah, well, because I didn't mention this before, but this is the uh, first film in a new chapter of Disney animation that we will be in up until Little Mermaid, actually. was. I think that's the last film to use the Xerox um, method. Which Oh, oh Xerox, what does that mean? Um, the Xerox machine, since we have a ton of young listeners, at least as, as we've established, most of, you probably do, most of you probably do not know what a Xerox machine is. And it's a copying machine, I believe. I don't fully know what an actual Xerox machine is myself. But at this specific time period, they started using a Xerox machine for animation purposes, which basically means that they can copy their drawings and paste them over and over again. That's one benefit of this. Um, and, uh, one thing it does mean, though, is that um, the animators cannot use colored lines to outline their characters, which kind of bothers me a little bit. Um, just to have straight up black lines because it's, it's it's a very tiny detail that probably doesn't even bother most people or do, most people probably don't even notice. But just that the colored lines just add just a tiny little bit of more detail 
that I personally think just makes the movies pop and stand out just a tiny bit. You mean more. like the black outlines around the characters? The colored outlines around the characters, not the black ones. The black ones make them look not as detailed, but the colored ones just give them just a little bit of extra texture that I think extra texture. Extra extra texture. Extra texture. Extra texture. Yeah. I guess I guess you could say that um yeah, colored back colored outlines are better than black, although Usually everything's outlined in black nowadays. Well, used to be, but... but no, what? Well, usually in most cartoons, things are outlined in black, but because Walt, for some reason, doesn't like the color black, and he wouldn't allow that. <laughs> what? Ooh. Walt, to me, it seems like a very picky man. Well, like, everything <laughs> I've heard about him, I'm just like... So basically, tell, basically my, I've got, my, my analysis and all the stuff I've heard about Walt, he sounds very picky. Well, when you're a filmmaker and you're a very creative person, you kind of have to be picky about the stuff that you're creating. It's just kind of like what you have to be because you have to like, you can't just be like, well, it didn't go the way I planned, so we're just going to let it go because then that affects the whole creative purposes of the thing that you're making. So you kind of have to be like, no, I want it to be this specific way because so it, it evokes this specific emotion. If you take a scene, what's a scene? Um, in Up, the scene where he's looking through the adventure book at the end of the movie when he's sitting on the cliff in the house. Um, and he's looking through the adventure book that Ellie made, and she's like, live your own adventure. And it's such a sad, um, emotionally evoking scene because um, uh, he's sad, Russell's gone, Kelly's dead, um, and he's looking through the adventure book. The colors are all faded and, and uh, desaturated, and, and everything's cool, and, and cool as in colder colors um, as opposed to warmer colors. And it... The coloring of the scene and the tone and the music of the scene all play together to evoke the emotions out of you to where I always tear up in that scene. I don't know about anyone else. Uh, but to evoke, to evoke the emotions out of you, everything has to be intricately placed in and all wound up together in order to make the scene work. Um, so you have to be picky about those things. And if you're not, well, well we can just kind of do whatever, throw everything in there and uh, see what works. Then they would be a totally, like say they put a bright, colorful colors and and light happy music and and carl's got a big smile on his face as he's looking through the adventure book then it'd be it wouldn't be even as a bittersweet moment it'd just be a happy moment and it'd be like carl's like i'm gonna go conquer the world and, and, and it'd be like well he kind of does do that but it's more in a bittersweet sad and like and like rousing moment instead of just like a oh yay ha huh, happy go lucky there's actually emotional weight and depth to the scene because of the decisions of coloring and music and stuff. Um, so you have to be picky, the point of the story, with storytelling. So, um, yeah, that's why still, Walt's, Walt's a very picky, picky man. Wouldn't surprise me if he was picky about his food, though. He's like, no, I don't want grapes today because yeah, they seem weird. That's not quality storytelling, Shelby. What? <laughs> but anyway. Shelby. The Hunt of Wages, it's a very good movie. I like Horace and Jasper. Those are probably some Yeah. But they the, they the, are a bit changed in the Corella movie, which, speaking of, ugly. actually, right before we sat down to watch 101 Dalmatians for the podcast, I had just finished watching Cruella for the first time because we didn't really mention Cruella at all on this podcast. Now that we mentioned it. As it was coming out because, I mean, you know, it's another live action remake. So, uh, I mean, you know. Um, Yeah, but it it was like Maleficent, but for 101 Dalmatians. That's basically what it is, kind of. Um, 
so we didn't really talk about it. We we weren't really interested in it. It's like the one movie that we didn't buy with Premiere Access. <laughs> um, so we were just like, yeah, you know, whatever. We didn't buy Mulan with Premiere Access. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, see, another live-action remake. <laughs> so um, we were just we like, didn't yeah. buy Black Widow either. Oh, yeah, we didn't. Well, because we saw it in the theater. Yeah, so. there was no need to buy it. To buy it. Well, yeah. we could have if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, we were just like, who cares? And then, so just recently, because it became free to all Disney Plus viewers, I sat down and watched it, and um, it 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 stayed true to the movie. Except I don't. I wish I'd never would have watched it, and I wish that it never existed, um, because it just adds unnecessary layers to the character of Cruella that don't really need to be there and don't really make a whole lot of impact on. The 101 Dalmatians movie itself. Like, we don't need to know this information. We don't need to hold, know the whole backstory of her and her upbringing and her designer fashion. And and, and nobody cares. It's just... It, it adds stuff to Cruella. And sure, not, not all of it is albeit bad. It's not like, oh, wow, the movie was terrible because of this, this, and that. These things are terrible. They're wrong. And and, and it, it's not good. It, it, the movie was good it was executed very well there's there's a lot of great things about this movie um it very has it has its own very distinct vibe and tone to it and it's got a very nice cool aesthetic and it's it's, it's it was very well executed with the story and the pacing and the music and the characters and the dialogue and everything about it um the acting was great because emma stone is obviously a uh, you know award-winning actress actor i don't know which one you actress say. actress um so it was a very good movie, but just it, the concept just is is inherently just not very great. Like, we don't need to know Cruella's backstory, Cruella Deville's backstory. Like, oh, you know, she was tormented as a child, and and there, uh, well, she wasn't really tormented as a child. Never mind. Forget I said that. Um, <laughs> well, eh, you'll just have to see the movie. I don't want to give away any spoilers or anything in case you haven't seen the movie and you want to. And me battling on about it makes you be like, hmm, I want to see the movie now. Um, so I won't give away any spoilers here. And the reason I saw it was because I actually already knew what was going to happen. I had already known a bunch of details about the movie because I was like, yeah, you know, it, uh, it doesn't really bother me. It's not like Avengers Endgame or No Way Home where it's like, oh my goodness, this is a big movie event of the century. And it's like super huge. It's just like, yeah, you know, it's Cruella. Um, so it was, it stayed true to the book except for Roger and Anita. Very odd. <laughs> Very odd changes with Roger and Anita. They're the only two characters in this movie that look nothing like their animated counterparts. Everyone else, you can definitely tell. Oh, I can definitely see how um, that character in the 101 Dalmatians original animated movie in live action form. I could very much picture them looking like this. Everyone looks very much in their part, except for Roger and Anita, who are the two... Well, they're not the two... Um, I don't know if they're the main, you would say they're the main characters of uh, 101 Dalmatians, but they are two of the most, the two most important human characters, at least. Um, and they're the only two that look nothing like their animated counterparts. Um, so, weird. Um, very odd choice there. I don't know why. They do seem very, um, what's the word, white in 101 Dalmatians? <laughs> like, Roger's got this, like, bright blonde hair and... Anita's a redhead, and um, they're... And, they had, and then they changed the actors in the remake. Yeah, and then remaked, like, um, 
Anita is black, and Roger is not exactly the most white man on the planet. Like, he definitely doesn't have this, that unnaturally bright blonde hair that he has in the 101 Dalmatians movie. So, I don't know why they did that. Probably um, just for, for reasons of uh, nowadays. But um, I just found that odd. I was like, hmm, those are the only two characters that look nothing like their animated counterparts. Um, so, overall, Cruella, the movie, um, I wish it didn't exist, honestly. Not to say it's a bad movie. It's kind of weird because... It's, I guess it's a good movie, but it it just adds unnecessary layers onto the character of Cruella DeVille. Like, we don't need to know any of this information. And it doesn't make any impact on the actual story of 101 Dalmatians, except for just, oh, kill the puppies. Which we didn't even need this movie to, under like, just, oh, she's just, you know, a crazy person. She just wants to kill puppies. We don't need to know why. We don't need to know her backstory. We don't need to know about her childhood and, and all of that stuff in order to watch the movie and still understand and go along with it and be like, oh, yeah, you know, she, she wants to kill the puppies. That sounds odd that we're all okay with this. I mean, we don't like her because she's the villain. We're not like, oh, okay, she wants to kill the puppies, okay. Um, we're like, oh, we don't like you because you're so evil and, and, and um, mad. Um, so Corella just didn't really need to exist. So comparing it to this movie, because, I mean, Corella was, like, the most recent callback to 101 Dalmatians. Um... So, the the movie itself, I'd say Cruella in this in the movie in One Hundred One Dalmatians, there's a little bit of a gap between where she leaves off at the end of Cruella, and where she um, is at in the in One Hundred One Dalmatians. Like, there's a bit of a gap in her personality there because they try to make her so relatable and so likable in the movie. That now in 101 Dalmatians, she's like, oh, kill the puppies. And it's like, mm, that, that doesn't really make any sense with what they, with what supposedly is the story in Cruella. Um, so all that to say, Cruella didn't really need to exist in comparison to 101 Dalmatians doesn't add anything. If you haven't seen Cruella, um, I would suggest that you don't see it, actually. I would, this is weird because it, it wasn't a bad movie. But it's definitely one that I would say if you like 101 Dalmatians, I would advise you not to see Cruella because it just adds unnecessary layers. Um, it just it just is a bunch of advice accepted. I mean, it's just kind of filler. It's like yeah, we don't need to know this. We don't need to know how Cruella was. A, it's just yeah. If you if you, it's so weird. I just said that. Never mind. Um, yeah. So 101 Dalmatians though, great movie. Definitely not filler. Doesn't it, and this movie very much has its own. I'm confused because 101 Dalmatians very much seems like it takes place in the 50s. Um, it's very 50s. Well, no, when it, it this was 57. I don't know when did it come out. It came no. out in 61. 61. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can see that. It's a yeah. It's a very much 60s movie. I'd say. Yeah. Well, no. Actually, I wouldn't say that. It does have a very 50s vibe to it. I would say. It came out in the 60s, I know, but it does feel very much like a 50s um, type film because it is um, just like, just kind of the Xerox machine and just the style of of the film. I'd say it looks very much like the 50s in my mind. It, it, the 50s and the 60s are very similar in terms of style and, and tone um, inherently, but at least in music-wise, but um, 
and and film wise, yeah, I'd say they're very similar to the fifties and the sixties. So I'd say, yeah, I yeah. guess it can go either way. The the one hundred one Dalmatians. Uh, I guess it can feel like a sixties movie too. Um, I the story is very well done. It's very well paced. The one um, thing that's weird with the story is that everyone's is everyone's okay with adopting eighty four puppies. At the yeah, end at the end they're like, oh yes, a uh, Dalmatian. We'll house in the country. A plantation. A Dalmatian plantation. Yeah, it's like, uh, you're totally okay with adopting 84 puppies. Like, has anyone thought about all the poop? No one has, I guess, because they're, it's like, oh, Dalmatian's fun. Like, he's gonna just be, he's just gonna be spending his whole day walking around his house, or not his house. Why are they pooping and peeing in the house? That's not good. He's at least gonna train the puppies, I hope. It'll so, be like in today's world, we have like those bags that you can put your um, dog's poop in. Yeah, he's just going to be walking around his, his big country field all day, just picking up poop. That's I guess he awesome. can let the wild animals eat the poop. That sounds weird. Uh, yeah. Maybe we should stop talking about the poop. Do you want me to get that out? That's probably, no. Do, you want, do I want let's you leave that to get that out? Let's leave that in just to humiliate you. Anyway, um, yeah, that's a big issue. That's like adopting 84 children. Yeah, I know. It's like... Like, you're, you're seriously just like, okay. And then he even writes a song about it. He's just like, I'm so happy. You already have 15 dogs. It's Do you like, need 82 more? Yeah, 84 15, more. 15 already seems like a no. bit much. Like, yeah. That's like, one, that's like one of those like cat people who have like 15 cats. They're so weird. Yeah. Yeah, like 15 cats is even like, wow, that's a lot of cats. Must be a long life. And then they're box. like, 84 puppies. They don't even, they, they take up the entire apartment that they're staying the in. The entire living room, yeah. Exactly. Like, you just see puppies all along the floor. It's like, this is a crazy idea. Some, what? Of, have, some of them have to go into the cap. Some of them have to go into the stairs. Some are, like, Exactly. The it's like, why is everyone just like, yeah, all right. Like, they're you're not going to talk about they're this at all? Do- they're going to need a bigger doggy bed. Yeah. No, they'll just sleep on the floor. Uh, yeah. Like animals. And we'll slaughter them like animals. We killed them. We killed them all. And not just the, the men, men, but the, the women, women and the, the children, children, too. The puppies, too. They're like animals. And I slaughtered them like animals. Anyway, um, sorry, right. no, sorry, Star Wars reference inside 101 Dalmatians. Yep. Um, the, Yo, story is very well, the story is very well paced. Um, besides the whole Dalmatian plantation thing, which is like, why is... Do you even want to talk about this? He's a like you. Bit? He's a music composer. Actually, no way. You scratched that. He's a music composer. He's not like you. Oh, snap. Um, he... I didn't think that statement through, so I had to retract it. They, they're very much... It's very much weird how they don't even talk about it. But other than that, the story is... weird is that they don't really end the villains. They just have it end with, like, Horace and Jasper just sitting there, like... Sitting there on a stump, I think, is what they're sitting on. And then Crowell's just mad and, like, super, like, shouting at them. Yeah, and then she starts crying, and that's it. And they're just like, oh, No yeah. police arresting, no nothing? Well, she didn't really do anything against the Yeah, we don't get the most closure on on our villains here. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, okay, bye-bye. Oh, we'll get them next time. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, um... Uh, I wish we could get a little bit more clear. So they kind of fumbled on the ending a little bit. You could, yeah. They're just like, oh, we're just ready to get they this movie done. They threw continuity out the window. Yeah, they're just like, we're just ready to get this movie done. No, not continuity. That's not the right thing to say. They threw um, a sense of realism out the window. Like, Cruella, Horace, Jasper, we do, who cares? we got to get the movie finished. Why are they not talking about adopting 84 puppies? Yeah, who they cares? They at least talked about it. Yeah, they could have at least been like, 
Honey, are you sure about this? <laughs> honey, honey, are you sure about this? <laughs> honey, are you sure about this? <laughs> if he answered that, he could be like, Honey, where are my pants? Where are my dogs? <laughs> uh, that's weird. <laughs> oh, yeah, why would the 84 puppies be all of a sudden gone? <laughs> yeah. That's disturbing. Um, or the Pongo or Fredina had disappeared. Yeah. Anyway, well, um, then, well, then anyway, be, anyway, where is my dog? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you ever seeing the Lego movie now? Oh no, this is going. Uh, okay. We should, we should, like the, we should like, throw realism out the window and end this as fast as possible. Yeah, like one hundred one Dalmatians, we are stu- we are struggling here at the end. Um, so I think we're gonna end this podcast. I think we've said enough. The movie is very good. It's it's a yeah, good it's story. a nice movie. It feels very modern. Nice movie. It's good. I like it. I enjoy it. It's a childhood favorite. It's obviously very much a classic. Oh, yeah. But do you know what the next movie is? Uh, the Sword in the Stone. Uh, oh, man. That one didn't really hit the spot for you, did it? Huh. <laughs> I already <laughs> used that one. I um, don't care. I need I at least one more. The Sword in the Stone. Speaking of classic movies, The Sword in the Stone is not... No. Oh my goodness! I'm really not excited a, for that. We're really movie. gonna be in a tight spot this coming Saturday. Okay, you just used that five seconds ago. No, I didn't. I said be, being in a tight spot. I did not use that being one. But that's what the puppies were in when they were captured. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna stop. All right, yeah, out. we're gonna stop this podcast now before it gets too out of hand and Jake starts speaking in puns. <laughs> oh, haven't I done that already? Hey, so- Eli, are we gonna record a podcast with our cords? I don't go... That's not me. Okay, if someone did that, I would cringe. But um, I don't do that. And, my, and, even, and even one of our friends said, if Jay cringes at a joke, then you know it's bad because I make so many puns all the time. Uh-huh. But anyway, how much of all I think it's probably about an 8 out of 10. Yeah, 8 out of 10. It's a good movie. 8.5. Yeah, yeah. So, Persisting Earth making up a pun. So anyway, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to go watch Eli at Hollingsworth and friends. Watch me at JBH Studios. Don't forget to go check both of us out at Minecraft Madness, Hollywood Gaming, and the Movie Majors YouTube channel so you can go check out our live stream with the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. And, and you'll we'll hear us real soon. soon.